How much does that cost? Is that a passive income kind of outcome or is that a net worth kind of outcome? Now, which types of investments are going to help you get there? Get good at studying one or two maybe to kind of specialize in and invest in what you know and understand. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Travis Watts. Travis is Director of Investor Relations at Ashcroft Capital and has been on a number of these interviews before. If you Google Joe Fairless and Travis Watts, you'll find the previous episodes. Today, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to deep dive into the topic of inflation and how it impacts multifamily, real estate investors, and other assets. So Travis, let's just dive right into it. Inflation, it's a trending topic everywhere. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. When COVID first came out, that was the question on a lot of people's minds is as the government started printing a ton of money, are we going to see inflation in general? And then some topics as extreme as are we going to see hyperinflation? And it was kind of this, will we or what's to come speculation? Well, now it's here. Now the CPI is showing that we're five, six percent, 12 month inflation. And then The PPI, the producer price index, which a lot of people don't really talk about, is even higher than that, 7 8%. So that's the cost to produce something. That would be, for example, the fact that a single family home now costs $35,000 more this year to build than it did a year ago. That's all part of PPI, which gets trickled down into rents and people buying homes, which is the CPI, the consumer price index. So it's here. That's my general thought. It's here. So let's talk about it. So the concern that a lot of people have is everywhere they read cash in the bank is really bad because it's diminishing in value. And on that topic, a lot of money, I think, is going out of the banks and into real estate at inflated prices. So that's driving up every asset class in real estate. Yeah, That can't be sustainable. Absolutely. So that's one big reason is it used to be you back up 20, 30, 40 years you go park your money in the bank in retirement, collect six, seven, eight, nine percent interest, and there's your little self-made pension. So try doing that today at 0.1%, right? It's not really a lucrative strategy. So what else do you do? Well, everybody's chasing yield. Everybody's chasing cash flow, passive income. So yes, a lot of money's been parked into real estate. And with all the stimulus that came out, these PPP loans and Oh my gosh, I could go on and on all the different programs that got launched over the last 12 months. My personal suspicion is that some of that money wasn't necessarily fully needed for business purposes. So maybe some of that went into additional investments, aka real estate. And that's why we're seeing such a huge bump up in in pricing, both in the commercial and residential space, single family and multifamily, everything really. Everything's got a lot of pressure on it right now for new capital coming in. Travis, what headwinds do you see that can significantly impact real estate markets? 
Well, I think the thing that's been on people's minds for the last several years is when are interest rates going to start hiking back up? And then unexpectedly, COVID happens and the Fed drops interest rates again even further. So we're near a 0% environment. There's still speculation. Do we go negative interest rates? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I would suspect not in the United States, but other countries have taken that approach. So naturally, at some point, you kind of have to start normalizing interest rates. So yeah, that's always a headwind for real estate, as you know. And for all of those individuals out there that have cash in the bank, but don't quite know how to deploy it, when to deploy it, what's your advice? I would say the biggest mistake I ever made with investing was when I put too much capital that quite frankly, I wasn't comfortable with putting into an investment that I didn't understand. It wasn't even a real estate investment, but it it seemed all shiny and it looked good on paper and the projections were awesome as a private equity deal and ended up losing a lot of money in it. So the best advice is to start with self-study figure out what asset classes exist, figure out which ones meet your goals and criteria. I'm really big on educating on that. It's all reverse engineering. It's starting with the end in mind. It's where do you want to be? What lifestyle do you want to have? How much does that cost? Is that a passive income kind of outcome or is that a net worth kind of outcome? Now, which types of investments are going to help you get there? Get good at studying one or two, maybe, to kind of specialize in and invest in what you know and understand. That's been my process since day one. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. I play a lot of devil's advocate, not just on the podcast, but just in life in general. And I always love challenging the multifamily guys because I am a commercial investor. And when I say commercial, I mean non-residential. But in this scenario, the multifamily industry has a huge win because it's all year over year leases. No one in multifamily signs a five-year lease, right? Right. Well, my problem is in commercial, I've got tenants that will sign a five, 10-year lease, often with built-in renewals. 
Mm-hmm. So if the value of money diminishes, they're locked in 15 years down the road. They know what their renewal rate is going to be. And mm-hmm. that's a huge negative impact for me if inflation hits hard. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. Unfortunately, this is one where the multifamily guys have a huge leg up versus us commercial guys. Any thoughts on that? How to mitigate that? What you think will happen on the non-residential side? Well, in the short run, we've seen a much higher demand and spike up by percentage to the price of single family homes versus rents in most markets. Obviously, real estate's local, as you know, and everybody listening probably knows. So I'm just kind of generalizing here. So I think in the short run, that's priced a lot of people out of the potential, especially millennials, of being able to purchase a home. So they're going to be forced to rent. Now, what happens after that? Does it level out? Does the price of single family come down? I don't know. But now that we're in this inflationary period and wages are rising and more jobs are coming in and people just can't find enough people to work. So it's the opposite problem of the 2008, 2009 scenario. I suspect that not only pricing, but rents are going to come up to meet that as well. You got to think of it from the investor perspective. Say I'm an investor. I'm going to go buy a single family home and I'm going to rent it out. Well, last year, statistically speaking, I could have bought a home for $250,000 and rented it at $1,500 a month or something like that. Well, now it's going to cost me $300,000 to buy the same property. So what does that mean? Well, I'm not going to eat that bill. I'm going to have to raise my rents now more so that I can still get a return on investment. So even though there's a differential between price points and rents, it has to eventually, in my opinion equalize and catch up there. But yes, to your point, a lot of leases are 12-month leases. Sometimes you'll see a 15-month lease, things like that. So it's more of a sure thing versus, say, self-storage, where people are in and out in two or three months, that kind of thing, but a lot less than a triple net lease or something like that, potentially. So the reason I'm so gung-ho about multifamily, especially when I got started in it in 2015, is we have a severe lack of affordable housing in America. And everybody's got to live somewhere. And a lot of people are not only choosing to rent by lifestyle preference, my wife and I have done that for years, but are renting out of necessity as well. And to just find a two bed, two bath nationwide, that's 1100 a month is highly in demand. And I think that will continue to be true as we move forward. So even getting these menial raising of your rent, 25 a month, 30 a month, 40 a month is still a much better play than going out and buying a $500,000 house in your local market. Historically, the economy has gone through pretty predictable cycles of ups and downs. Is that the same case with inflation? That's a good question. You should ask Ray Dalio that question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a specialist on the market cycles. I don't know, to be honest. Obviously, we saw some extremes back in the 80s where we had interest rates and stuff at 18% and things like that. And now here we are near zero. So I think the logical conclusion to that is if we're near zero and you don't believe we're going to go negative, well, then where else do we go from here? Back up. That's my conclusion. Now, how soon and how fast? Well, you got to remember how much debt our country has and all individuals have. So you can't just go zero to six overnight, right? You're going to collapse the system. So I think we trickle back up 
kind of post pandemic, so to speak, and we try to normalize, but Hey, I'm not the fed. So ask Janet Yellen kind of what her thoughts are. (laughs) Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger, let's say 20 year old self, knowing that the economy has this outlook, how would you position yourself? More cautiously, a lot of people say, because I got started really in 2009 and beyond, they think, oh, what perfect timing. Man, that was a scary time. 2009, it was in September, and I'm buying real estate. I remember asking family and friends, do you think I should rent or own? Oh, you should definitely rent. We just lost half the value of our home. You're nuts. You're going to buy real estate right now? You're crazy. And luckily by 2011, and so it started turning around and and upticking. But I would just say, I think we talked about this briefly before you and I, but with my nephew starting with a couple hundred bucks and a brokerage account just to kind of learn the game, investing in publicly traded REITs, just start learning, put a little skin in the game and start slow. And I think that the biggest thing is going to be your education. The last thing you want to do is say, hey, I got 500K liquid. Let me go put it somewhere. I don't know. How about this deal? And then we're at the top of the top, perhaps. (laughs) And then you lose half your money. So I would trickle it in. I would diversify. I'm just sharing things I do. I'm not giving anybody advice, but that's what I do. With your investor relations position, do you get that inflation question a lot? Yeah. This year, especially because it's hitting all the headlines. As I said, in in 2020, it was speculation. Are we going to see inflation? Is this going to happen? And now my wife and I went to the Carolinas in 2020. We rented a Ford F-150 pickup truck for four days, and we paid $178 for that total rental cost. And you go do that today in 2021, you're going to pay like $1,000 or $1,200, something outrageous like that. So not everything's created equal when you get these metrics of CPI and you say, oh, it's five, 6%, not rental cars. <laughs> There's some things that have absolutely just been blown out of the water. The price of lumber spiked 300% at one point, things like that. And then you've got your consumer goods. Let's say a loaf of bread went from three to three and a quarter or something, you know? So anyway, that's something to think about. Yeah. So the moral of the story really is your cash in the bank is being diminished. Prices yeah. are going up. And that's not a good solution. So you've got to find a way to make your money grow. Absolutely. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business? Or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now. Now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? 
or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before. But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem, and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes, so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. Travis, what are three ways that real estate investors can make money in this climate? Well, I think the three opportunities, I was just talking to an investor the other day about this, and he was sharing with me some stuff about the 1980s, and I said, Correct me if I'm wrong in your opinion, but I said the play in the 80s would have been when interest rates were 18% to pay off your home because real estate prices obviously were a lot lower because of interest rates being that high. That would have been the play if you could, right? It's kind of the Dave Ramsey stuff, pay off your debt. That made a lot of sense in that era. But in today's era, here's the deal. We're looking at actual CPI, consumer price index inflation at five and 6%, conservatively speaking, depending on whose data you tune into. And you're able to lock in low interest rate fixed mortgages and debt at 3% for 30 years. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. So the opportunity, in my opinion today, is to lock in low interest fixed debt on real estate of any type of your choosing, whatever makes sense to you. Number two is real estate's a hard asset and it's an inflation hedge, okay? It's not inflation proof, it's an inflation hedge. And what I mean is when the cost of material goes up, like lumber skyrocketing, when the cost of labor goes up, like we're seeing nationwide, so does the cost of new and pre-existing real estate. So that's an opportunity to perhaps get that 5 to 6% a year inflation on the price of your property. Now you're not really earning five or six if that really is what inflation is, but you're at least protecting your capital versus your point earlier, leaving it in the bank at basically 0%. Then you're absolutely losing five to 6% on the alternative, right? And the last thing I would say is invest for cash flow. Because think of it like this, to use a single family example. If I buy a single family home today at 300,000, okay? The market's going up three and a quarter. Now is what it's worth. Now 350, now 375. But if that property is not cash flowing for me, if I'm buying in like a Los Angeles or a low cash flow market, wherever you name the market, San Francisco, whatever, Manhattan, and then the market softens in a few years and that price comes back to 300, for example, where am I left with? I didn't make a freaking dollar. So if that same property was pumping out 10,000 a year to me in cash flow over a 5-year period, I'm $50,000 ahead 
regardless of the price of the property. So that's how I've always looked at investing. Thanks to Robert Kiyosaki and all that rich dad company kind of foundation laid out. But cash flow is king, man. It's made a tremendous impact in my life, my family's life. And that's what I preach to people is invest for cash flow and passive income. I agree with you 100%. And on a personal note, I've done cash out refis on any commercial properties that I've had a fair amount of equity in and literally looking to deploy that and lock in. For me, commercial loans, I get 10-year locks and that's as long as they'll do um, yeah, non-residential right. commercial. So yeah, I'm in the same boat as you trying to get as much debt as possible at those low interest rates and trying to deploy as much as possible for cash flow. So Travis, thank you for clearing up a lot of what's going on with inflation out there right now and sharing your knowledge with us. So have a best ever day. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ash. Thanks, everybody. Best ever listeners. Thank you for joining us as well and have a best ever day.